everybody. Welcome back to We and You, where we talk about the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights and a little bit about what's going on in our area. I am Terrence Sullivan. And I'm Brittany Cook. We're broadcasting from beautiful downtown Louisville here in the historic Hayburn building. Today we have one of our board commissioners, Commissioner Thomas. Would you like to introduce yourself to our, our listeners? Well, thank you. Yes, I'm Tim Thomas, and I represent the first Supreme Court District on the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights, which is over in the western part of the Commonwealth. And you represent uh, the best town on earth, right? <laughs> Absolutely. The city of Madison. Kentucky. <laughs> we don't have bias folks in this room. <laughs> That's not bias. It's a fact. That is on every sign when you enter any part of Madisonville. So welcome to Madisonville, the best town on earth. Absolutely. And Terrence, as you well know, we have the best donuts. Yeah. This I've side heard the about these donuts. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I, I, I will start by saying my brother drove down there last Saturday to go to Golden uh -huh. Blaze and get some donuts. And I'm- Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he, and then he went to, he went to Clarksville to stay with my mom for a day. And so then when he drove back, he bought three dozen to bring me and my brother some. Uh -huh. And only like eight made it. <laughs> <laughs> Out of three and dozen? so he gave, he, my little brother took them all. So I didn't get any. So I'm, I still have to go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll get there, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we wanted to have you on because you are, and anyone that is interested can go on kchr.ky.gov to check out Commissioner Thomas's page, but he's involved in so much in the community and has been for many years. So I just wanted to get some, you know, rolling conversation of how you got involved in so much and where your passions are and, and where your drive is for the community. Wow, uh, that's three good questions together. I uh, actually <laughs> started as a, as, a, as a young kid. Uh, I guess I was about 12, 13 years old uh, and just got involved, really started in the church. And uh, when I got started in the church and, and that's always been part of my life, uh, I was always in some type of leadership position in the church. And so that kind of uh, pushed me into getting involved in the community, uh, started doing community faith services, uh, fellowship services, and I would do the Good Friday service. I did that for about 25, 30 years, uh, which I brought churches together to uh, on Good Friday. And then it just kind of spanned into the various holidays and having community services. And then after which I formed a group called uh, the African-American Unity Committee, uh, which was a group in Hopkins County uh, here in Madisonville. And uh, we were a group that would put on community activities for young people as well as adults that 
focused around uh, celebrating uh, African-American heritage and, and giving uh, people of color an opportunity, kids of color the opportunity to participate in various activities. So it just kind of spun from that and uh, been involved in the community ever since. Uh, uh, serving, went on to be president, I'm president now of the local uh, Hopkins County Crime Stoppers Association. Mm -hmm. And uh, which I've been uh, president of that now for since 99, if you can believe that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So kind of a similar vein to Brittany's question. Uh, is there questions? Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, and I'll try to I'll try to keep I'll try to keep mine to one or two within one question. <laughs> but is there any one or anything? I know you started in the church, but is there anyone when you were growing up in that area um, and for people who don't know, there's not a large percentage of black or African-American people in that area. Is there anyone mm -hmm. sp specifically or anything, there's some really someone who inspired you to do more or to model yourself after as you progressed and grew through the church and into other community leadership roles? Wow, I, uh, that's a good question. I. Uh... I can remember uh, I had an uncle uh, in the church that that kind of mentored me, and uh, he kind of put me on the right footing of being involved uh, in the church and doing certain things. Uh, my dad, of course, who's 95, uh, who's still living and uh, doing quite well. He's a World War II veteran, so forth and so on, and he, I guess, was my biggest uh, mentor and uh, who I tried to model myself after as far as being a person of uh, a person that is honest and a person that is for the best in people. So uh, those two people, I think, really helped mold me and shape me into some of the things I'm doing today, I think. That's beautiful. Can you can you tell us their names? I, I love just hearing, you know, especially when somebody inspires you for just to hear their name. It's so important. Right. My, uncle, my uncle's name was Robert Combs. Okay. Uh, Terrence, you might remember Roland Acres. I do. Uh, he lived in Roland Acres. I do. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, my dad, uh, who, who stays with me, uh, his name is Croder C.C. Thomas. And... Uh, as I said, he's doing quite well. He's a World War II veteran, a freelance writer, uh, just a lot of things he's done in life. And uh, just just blessed to have been around those men who uh, influenced me. Yeah, sounds like it. So what got you involved in the Crime Stoppers organization specifically? Well, the, the judge executive back in 96 was Danny Woodard. He was from uh, over in uh, Nortonville area, the south side of Hopkins County. And he wanted to take me to a Crime Stoppers meeting. He would have wanted me to see if I'd like him to be a part of the board, which I did. And uh, the next meeting we went to, I joined. Didn't have no idea that maybe two years later, I'd end up being president 
from 99 to 2021, but <laughs> 2021, but uh, <laughs> no term but, limits. <laughs> right. But uh, it has really, really been an organization that has really, I think, benefited the, the community and the state. I serve now as president of the state organizations. There's 19 organizations across the Commonwealth with uh, over in uh, the Louisville area, Lexington, in that area there is where they are. We have more Crime Stoppers programs than we do in Central and Western Kentucky. So we're working to build on that. But uh, we are simply the eyes and ears for law enforcement uh, across the state. And it has really been successful. And uh, even during these times that we live in now, uh, we're finding Crime Stoppers to be that much more uh, important because uh, we're we're now setting up neighborhood watch programs. Uh, we do uh, uh, not in my school programs in the high schools, middle schools, uh, which kids can report activity that's going on and uh, they can receive uh, if it's a major crime that's taking place, a major something taking place in the school, they can receive a cash reward or uh, other things that go on, they can receive uh, maybe uh, uh, movie passes. They can receive uh, maybe uh, things in the bookstore, gifts from the bookstore, that type of thing. So it kind of gets them involved and it makes them responsible young people as well. So two questions. You, you said that the that Crime Stoppers is kind of the eyes and ears to assist uh, mm -hmm. the police law enforcement community um what does that look like so really breaking down what the crime stoppers group does and then i'm just curious if there's been any shift in how that group or organization is approached or addressed currently with <coughs> recent or things that have happened recently in just the climate Crime Stoppers, to kind of maybe explain the program, <clears throat> it is a anonymous program as to where an individual can call in to their local police station, sheriff department, whichever that community may have. They can call in with a tip uh, of a crime that's been committed. And <clears throat> if that crime pans out and that person is arrest, uh, arrested, they can receive a cash reward for the information. The, the thing that we, the problem we still have is educating people uh, in the various communities that it is anonymous. There's no call ID. When you call, you're given a code and you have to keep up with uh, what is going on in the news, the, the tip you reported, whether that person's been arrested, that type of thing, and to receive your cash reward and then you're you go to a certain place and you'll and you receive the cash reward for that. So it, it has worked really well, but we're still, as I said, we're still trying to educate people, let them know it is it is anonymous because some people are afraid to to step out and do. And then we have many people that call in to uh, this is across the state that call in that don't want a reward. They just want to leave the information because they want to be good citizens not only nosy neighbors, but good citizens, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is always good, which is always good in some aspects. So the, but, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But uh, what we're seeing in the climate that we live in now, uh, we're seeing an uptick uh, in calls in, in uh, because you have so many racial, uh, so many racial activities going on uh, within uh, the different communities, and uh, we're seeing this uh, across the board. Not not only uh, with just drugs, but uh, places where kids are being neglected, uh, this type of thing. So uh, we're, we're seeing that taking place now as well. The school programs, is that for um, issues within the school or people reporting about community issues that they it, witnessed and they're just using it or approaching it through school? Right. Issues within the school. Okay. That's what I thought because we had something like that at Browning Springs. Yes. Yes. And, and, and at that time we used to have, and some of them we still do. We used to have a tip box in the libraries of the school and you would leave a tip in the tip box. Uh, and, but now what we do with the SROs uh, have a special phone that they use for nothing but for for the, the Crime Stoppers program in the school. And that number is advertised throughout the school uh, on a regular. Those, you can call that number and uh, report it as well. Report what is taking place. Uh, and, it, and it works, it, it really works. Interesting. So is that kind of the general concept of a neighborhood watch as well? I know that might sound a little foolish of me. I know neighborhood watches exist. I've lived in neighborhoods with them, but I've not ever gotten involved in that. So I don't even know like how the, that works. You're not the neighborhood watch president? Definitely not. No, I couldn't even tell you who it is. <laughs> neighborhood Captain Cook. <laughs> I prefer sergeant. You have to get the well, maybe. I don't know which one's ranked higher. Wow! Well, thank you for your high interest in the neighborhood watch program. <laughs> I have other interests in my neighborhood, so they know this. I'm currently the gardening actually, program. No, well, no, that was the owner of the house uh, before me. Uh, no, I am actually currently working on um, building a little pantry in my yard. So I'm very excited for that. Oh. But that's where my focus is going right now. Gotcha. Well, and, and think about uh, when we talk about neighborhood watch program, uh, the former neighborhood watch program, it takes uh, three to five people can can begin a neighborhood watch program. They just have a you have to set up a certain meeting place, uh, whether it's like a church fellowship hall that's near your neighborhood, or you can meet uh, in the uh, family room of someone's home, or just somewhere where you can gather. And it's not only used for watching out for criminals in your in your neighborhood, but it also is used for uh, watching out each other for weather activities because the calling tree is set up and you can call and let them know, each one know what's going on. Uh, if you're going to be out of town, you can call your neighbors and they can kind of watch for your home. And so Neighborhood Watch comprises a lot of things, that not only just in uh, combating crime. That's a really good clarification. and mm -hmm. uh, Because I, I didn't know about the other aspects of it. Um, 
I do want to say, just as I'm thinking about it, and this is not a question, this is really just for anyone who's listening, especially people in the Louisville area, um, I just talking about Neighborhood Watch made me think of this. Uh, there are groups going around right now where they're pretending to be going to shovel someone's driveway or yard or whatever that happened to on the see street from me if yeah last night yeah oh yeah that is over you did move over there yeah so people are going around and seeing basically they'll find places that don't have like the driveway shoveled or something and then basically on the assumption that it's someone who can't defend themselves there <laughs> and so they're not really trying to shovel they're just trying to figure out why isn't it shoveled is it because there are no like able people or strong people home or whatever is it someone we can overpower mm -hmm. and then get inside or whatever and so just as as you were talking about that i was thinking um anyone who can be made aware of that be it through neighborhood watch or something i think that that's it's important that those types of things are communicated so people know and can be on the lookout and that's something that it sounds like neighborhood watch is good at is providing that space and a network to then let other people know what's going on where they are. That is very true. That's very true. And I, I think that's important. It is so important to to uh, be watchful of what's going on around you, especially these days. It's, it's, it's vital. I mean, you know how I feel about privacy, Terrence. And I actually, after that happened uh, last night, in my neighborhood, just two blocks away, I, I bought a camera for my doorbell <laughs> because <laughs> uh, it, you, you don't know. And Are you in the ring community now? I won't say. I oh. won't say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I will say I am. And there's a there's a part of it called Ring Neighborhood. And that, that makes me think of the Neighborhood Watch because it's like a free Neighborhood Watch app where every day you can just click on neighborhood on the app and there are people talking about what's been going on with video from their doorbell or mm -hmm. wherever the cameras are and so that's how you can see like there's a big crew of people right now in my neighborhood who are driving around with trailer cars and then five people will jump out of a car four people will jump out of the other car and then there are cars that drive slowly down the street and wait for them to jump back in and you can see it in real time looking at different people's cameras because it goes from one house to the next. And you see the same people, same cars. Mm -hmm. And you can see even when they go three blocks back, it's just the same group of people. But having that online network to talk about it, to warn each other, um, to give tips, or in some cases to tell people when something is a coyote and not a dog, um, <laughs> that's but... what got me. That's what got me because some people, a couple people had had pictures of the person that was going door to door. And so in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I don't like need the push so much. Like if somebody break, breaks into my house for there to be like crime and punishment and law coming down on them. I, it's not about that in the investigations. It's just about warning the other people around the yep. neighborhood that, Hey, this is yeah. what this person looks like. So maybe if they approach you and you can't defend yourself, like don't go near the door. Yep. So. And it, it I, and I think that's kind of what neighborhood watch sounds like mm -hmm. and being able to do some of that work. Um, and, you know, having those conversations and those tips through Crime Stoppers to say, you know, there's a group of people doing X, Y, and Z, and we want to make sure people are on the lookout. Not necessarily we want to put 
these people in jail, but we want to make sure other people who are vulnerable are warned and ready to protect themselves, basically. Sure. Absolutely. So it's good to be a nosy neighbor. It's good to watch out to, for those that everything that's going around on around you as well. And I just wanted to say that our state vice president of our Cram Stoppers organization uh, is uh, Mr. Dave Yates. And he is, uh, I think he's over the detect the de de detective department with uh, the Louisville Metro Police Department. Huh. So uh, I want to give a shout out to him. Uh, he's been a long time uh, officer there with with Louisville Police Department. So uh, he is he is the vice president of our state organization. There you go. Things I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I did have a question that will probably end up being one question. Um, <laughs> you you have your own uh, media. Uh, outlet so to speak and i just mm -hmm. wanted to uh, open the floor to talk about what you've done by way of tv or radio or whatever and kind of what your oh, i ended up being two questions uh but <laughs> what you like to do with your platform or your forum that you use <clears throat> appreciate that i as 20, 25 years ago, I started uh, a TV program called Focus on Hopkins County. Before that, for two years, I was doing a radio broadcast that was uh, called uh, Black Focus. And it just kind of evolved from that. I just happened to go to the general manager of our local television program here, just on a whim sit down with him in a little room about like what you all are in right now and uh I pitched out my concept of wanting to do a public service program and uh he jumped on it right then uh which really surprised me and uh that gave birth to the focus on hopkins county program uh and this January was our 25th anniversary, and we have grown from that now into where we're uh, doing a lot of uh, on-site filming now. We go uh, do some uh, on-site interviews and that type of thing. I encourage people. We're also on Facebook now, uh, which has been such a uh, added plus for our program because uh, we're even though we have television, it, it seems like we're reaching even more people uh, through the Facebook. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, it, it's really, really doing well. I encourage you to go, uh, if you're on Facebook, you go to Focus with Tim Thomas. It was, we changed Focus on Hawkins County. It just kind of seemed like it kept us in a box. Right. As mm -hmm. well. It seemed like we were just dealing with things in Hopkins County, uh, you know, issues. And we were having people from across the state on our program. So we felt like we to really kind of think out of the box. We, we renamed it to Focus with Tim Thomas. And we reach out to uh, state officials. We've had uh, senators on, governors on. We've had uh, uh, community activists on as well from across the state. Uh, the issues we try to deal with is uh, issues that 
concerned people at the press, bless you, that concerned people <laughs> uh, what's going on right at that particular moment. So um, it, it's done quite well. We've done quite well. Our viewership is uh, in the homes we're in about, uh, I would say we're over two or 3,000 homes that we go in on regular. Oh, wow. And That's good. So it's continuing. It's continuing to to grow. So we've been blessed. Well, first off, congratulations on twenty five years and yeah. and expanding out big time. You can go on location now. <laughs> I, yeah, I say this as someone who has heard both the radio show in its early inception. Uh, my granny made me listen to it. Um, so really, heard that, and then wow. also seeing the show, and so that you're doing on location spots is a. A step so congratulations on your work because that's i can only imagine that's difficult to do and it's a lot of work that goes into it so it's a lot of work we just did a, a interview with uh the mayor a two-part interview we just did uh one part i think it went about 50 minutes and uh in his office and then we're going to do the second part at mar park the new uh area that we have established a new park and we're going to be out there talking about some of the things that's in the Mar Park area, uh, which is going to be our second part of the of the interview. So we're excited about that. I'm I'm mad at you for letting them build that park after I left because it's a beautiful park. It it is really nice, really nice. <laughs> but I, you have something to really come back to and enjoy. That's true. That's true. It's a it's a draw for sure. And I my I went and just drove through it and the big. Gosh, it's it's a very nice park and it's a really good thing for the community to have a new park to go alongside the the other two mm -hmm. larger parks. Um, so really good step for Madisonville, really. But I think it's really good that you all were able to go out and talk about it and highlight what's going on out there, because a lot of people don't know, even people who live there. I've, I've talked to family and it's like, oh, there's a park. Yeah, no, right. You mean, yeah. you mean City Park? No. Oh, you mean the other park, which I can't say what we all call it, the Festus Claiborne Park? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nope. The Marwin. And they're like, that's not a park. Yes, it is. I saw it because I look at the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> That yeah, unfortunately you know? sounds right for here too. Yeah, for <laughs> we sure. have the Olmstead Parks, and many people don't even know more than like two of their names. <laughs> they know two of right. them, and they connect to each other. <laughs> well, what I do want to mention is one thing I am really proud of and excited about is that uh, being the uh, vice chair of the uh, Hopkins County Joint Planning Commission, uh, I was able to establish and bring into fruition what it, it was actually my brainchild that kind of put it in motion uh, and that is a public transportation here in the city of Madisonville. We've been without public transportation for years, for years and uh, I wanted to see that come back and I, I, I went and sat down and talked with uh, the former mayor David Jackson about uh, looking into the concept of starting public transportation again here. He thought it was a great idea. Uh, he and I and another city councilman went to Frankfurt to uh, lobby for monies for helping with that. And then through uh, the PAD 
uh, office here in Madisonville, we were able to establish and get started uh, public transportation. And now we're running two buses here in the city of Madisonville, uh, wow. beginning at 6 a.m. to uh, late night in the evenings, uh, which has really been good for single parents. Uh, it's really been good for people working uh, third shifts and early shifts. So that I am really, really proud of because we've seen the numbers really go up. Uh, it costs $1 to ride. Sometimes they won't charge you anything, just a dollar to ride and 50 cents for veterans. Uh, really going well. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> That's that's great. Um, where two questions again? One, <laughs> so did the PAX bus buses stop? And then two, um, where all do do the lines run? Does it just go through where people would generally be working, and then maybe out by the college or something? Or it it goes. Uh, good question. No, PAX is still operating as well. I said pad, but it was actually PAX is what I meant. Uh, the bus goes uh, as far out as the Seville Community College on this on that end, and then it goes as far out as to the uh, city line of City of Madisonville and Arlington. So that's how far it goes out. That way, going the other way, when it's going west and east, it goes out toward the mall out that area, and then going the other side, it goes out toward the uh, YAA feet out in that area and all oh, wow. in the city of Madisonville, there are bus stops that you can get on and, and ride to whatever location that you would like. So that I, I'm very fascinated and very impressed that you were able to pull that off and get that done. That's really, that's needed because mm -hmm. I mean, there are quite a large number of people who couldn't get on the other buses and would need to try to walk to wherever they needed to go, which was doable. But if you needed to get to the east end of the city, for example, you need to leave for work like two hours early for, right. and then you have to walk back in the dark and that's not safe to walk no. down center street for 10 miles. I've <laughs> had, I've had, uh, 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 young ladies that have said, especially single parents, that have said it has just been a godsend that has to be at work at 6 o'clock or 6.30, that they can go to the bus stop and, and get to their get to their job. You know, don't have to worry about it in the evenings. They can get off and go to the bus stop and bus will come back through at a certain time, pick them up. It's, it's just been really, uh, really good for us here. Oh, I believe that. I mean, even just thinking about the weather currently and what that looks yeah. like and walking to it and then yeah like you said for single parents you have child care which we talked about recently with another guest and if you're thinking okay you have two hours to walk that's versus like a 20 minute drive that's so much right. more payment that you have to figure out for child care that's true that's true so we're really excited about that Good. You, as you, you should, should be. be. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great move. We should just stop right there. Like, top, we're done. No, that's. You can't top that. <laughs> He's like, just watch me. Just wait. No, I, I think that's fascinating and so needed. Um, there's so many people who really 
take themselves out of job opportunities because they know that transportation is an issue. Mm -hmm. And so being able to help to bring that to more people is very something that should be celebrated. Well, and you have more businesses now, too, that are even like requiring Mm -hmm. that you have regular access to transportation. And if you don't, then they won't hire you. And right, and and a lot of the businesses that have uh, employees that are riding uh, those buses, they have stepped up and taken care of their a month pass, their month passes to ride the bus for their employees. That's wonderful. Which is just fabulous. That really is. Yeah, I know I've advocated for that for, well, at least one large business here in our local area, um, but got some pushback. So (laughs) let's see if I can keep pushing back myself. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if you if you want good employees and you want them to be able to sustain their work, offering that is really great because even people that do have vehicles of their own, Anything could happen. I mean, anything could happen. Transportation is never fully reliable. So (laughs) offering space to help assist that is definitely a good thing. That's right. That's all right. It's it's all about it's all about people. Mm -hmm. It's all about serving people, giving back to the community. So when you when you give back to the community, the community will give back to you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Not only that, but you're you're blessed as well in so many ways. Uh, when you do for others and when you serve others. Mm -hmm. I I think that's a good segue kind of really winding down. Um, But just that notion of serving others and helping others. Um, Excuse me. What are some of the, your top ways that you think people can serve in their communities as someone who, has served their community in so many different ways. What can people do who want to serve in their community and don't really know the first step or how to get out there and do that? I I would say get involved with an organization uh, of of some kind, whether it's uh, Meals on Wheels, whether it's uh, uh, the Breaking Bread Ministry like we have here in, in the city of Madisonville. Uh, get involved in some type of organization that is uh, serving the community. Uh, start there and, and build from that. And then sometimes come up with your own inventive ways of, of uh, helping, to, helping people or serving people, uh, whether it's doing uh, uh, box lunches uh, to, to, to serve to uh, people that are on the front line now uh just anything like that uh will be is a great start mm-hmm. and just to ha- just having that mindset of wanting to help others and serve others uh will give you i think the the motivation to do even more as as time goes by i agree with that and being ready to you know get your hands dirty in it a lot of people are always trying to figure out well how do i get started and I don't know about y'all, but my start in philanthropy type of work, you know, and and volunteerism started with 
mail outs and working booths at carnivals and um, <laughs> divvying out food, yeah, for box lunches and things like that. Like you, it's that more hands-on work that a lot of people don't realize goes behind these larger initiatives. Yes, that's really true, really true. And I just, I do want to say that uh, it is just, it's just a pleasure to be able to serve on the uh, Kentucky Commission on Human Rights. Uh, I really feel like uh, there's so much uh, that we as a commission have done and so much more that we can do for the protection of people across our commonwealth. And I'm appreciative of uh uh, both of you all for your work and how you are committed uh, for serving people uh, across this commonwealth. It's not an easy job, but it is a worthwhile job uh, because in the end, uh, people are being are being helped in so many ways. A lot of people think that the commission itself just deals with uh, a certain type of uh, right. of discrimination but when you when you add it down to uh, disabilities housing uh, jobs this type of thing uh, it's so much going on across our commonwealth and the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights is needed more now today than it ever before mm-hmm. and I and it much important that we step up our game to do more to make sure that the civil rights of people in our commonwealth are protected See, and you two are, are <laughs> leading us in that. We appreciate it. See, we thought we were done. We reached the top with the the bus, <laughs> but no, no, you're you're absolutely right. And we we want to thank you for your service on the board. And you are one of the few who has had a few go rounds on this commission as a commissioner, yeah. and you have steeped yourself in the knowledge of what it is that we really do. And you hit on a good point that most people don't know or what's not uh, understood as commonly. There is the perception. Um, I personally get letters about that perception from some disgruntled individuals, uh, but that there's one certain type of person we protect and there's one certain type of discrimination we focus on and the bulk of our cases are employment and the bulk of those is disability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It is trending a certain direction, but it's still the bulk in employment and disability and ADA compliance. And so people do need to know that. And I appreciate you bringing that up uh, and again, and your service to the board and to the commission and all the people in Kentucky who need us and need you to be there doing that work. So thank you for that as well. Well, thank you so much. Um, I did have two more questions for you before we let you get out of here. The first one, the first uh-huh. one is a, it's a one parter, I promise. But okay, <laughs> just with all the work that you've done in the state and in your community, what are some the top two goals that you have in the next five years for your community? Wow. Uh, To see, one of them is to see uh, more 
people of color being elected uh, to to offices here uh, in Hopkins County and outside of Hopkins County as well in our surrounding region. I think it's important that uh, we have more representation uh, in various areas. Uh, the second thing I think uh, that's important to me is that we uh, be able to uh, come together. I would like to try to be a catalyst in bringing people together uh, as a unified body. We, we, we're so divided now that uh, that is something I really want to try to reach out and do. And, that, and I, I want to see our people come together first. And then after we can get our people together and then bring others into the fold uh, for a better community, uh, that will make for a better community. When you have a better community, then you have better economics. Right. Uh, you have so much more uh, positive things that can take place right. uh, in your area. I really feel that way. So those are two of the top things I would like to see take place. Might I just note how impressed I am that you had that answer just so ready when we don't <laughs> script this show. Um, but also you're living it. Um, I'll go ahead and, you know, let our listeners know, uh, as well as the other things we've mentioned here today, you're also an associate member of the Kentucky Black Caucus of Local Elected Officials. Um, and you're also on the board of directors with the Madisonville Chamber of Commerce. So you're living through this path toward these goals, which is really such a wonderful thing, because a lot of people can throw out ideas of what they want, but putting in the work toward it is a whole other ballgame. Right. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And like I said, it, it takes a committed mind and a committed heart, anything you do to be successful in. And so uh, this that old song of the church that says, may the work I've done speak for me. So, you know, I, I pray that whatever I leave behind will uh, be counted in the end as being worthwhile. Oh, for sure, it definitely mm -hmm. will be. Um, I have one more question. I know if Brittany had one more uh, before we let you get back to your unending service to the community. Uh, it's a very, very difficult question. Okay, you ready? Okay. So uh, let's shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was taking notes of our conversation, and you talked about the bus line, which is a great, great addition to the community. Now, one yeah. question if you're going north up past the college, you're going south down to the border, going west to the YAA fields, and you're going right. east to go towards the mall and where people work going through downtown. Mm -hmm. One thing I didn't hear, and I was just curious, does the bus take you to Golden Glaze to get some donuts? <laughs> Actually, it does. It makes that round about that way. And you can request the driver to take a certain place, and they will, they will do that. So the answer is yes. Okay, so when, I, when we do make it back down to Madisonville, we can take the bus and go get some Golden Glaze donut holes. and. I feel like we need a trip down just to take the bus to Golden Glaze. <laughs> What's tomorrow like? It, it will be worth it. Oh, I bet. 
got to catch them when they first come out of the out of the shoot. When they don't come out of the shoot, that's when they're right. Whew, they're piping out. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> Commissioner Thomas, thank you so much. This thank has been you. fun, and we're very hey, I've been. It, we're very fortunate to have you on the commission and just doing all the things that you do for the community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure being with you all and uh, invite me back. I'd love to come back and talk some more. Sounds good. And all right. We will see you tomorrow, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, hopefully by Zoom, I would take it. Yes. 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 <laughs> Still keeping safe. Yeah. All right. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank again. you. Thank you. All right. uh-huh. Bye. Bye. The music you hear throughout this recording was produced by Esquire Music alongside Spice Productions.